Real people, real opinions, real talk radio. The multi-award-winning Niall Boylan Show. Classic Hits. New research that put financial figures on the cost of domestic violence. We've heard a lot about the topic uh, in recent weeks and months in light of the pandemic. We've heard that the, the incidence of calls to the likes of Women's Aid have risen really hugely and really sharply from uh, women predominantly, also children and also some men who are seeking help um, in terms of domestic violence issues and incidences in their homes. Um, today, financial figures put on it, which are quite stark. It's Irish research. Um, it's done domestically um, with NUIG being involved in that and the Centre for Global Women's Studies. And they've put the cost of being the victim of domestic violence for a woman over a span of 20 years, which they're saying is, you know, an averaging uh, in terms of how long women can sometimes remain in um, domestic abusive situations. The cost to the woman, €113,475. Now, apparently 15 years actually is the, uh, the, the average time spent in an abusive relationship, but a further five years then spent in recovery thereafter. And that financial figure covers that 20-year span. The single biggest cost factor, so you think of things like legal costs, for example, women going into debt as a result of maybe being um, having, having finances withheld in the home, damage or loss of property, women ending up homeless because of their domestic violence journeys. Uh, but the biggest single cost was in terms of missing work, either not being able to go into work because they had an injury or they were recovering from an injury or because they were stressed because of having um, had violence inflicted upon them. Uh, now, it also uh, costs the state 2.7 billion euro each year. Uh, it's it's funny because we when when we again with you know we like the conversation about drink we hear figures and numbers and sometimes they just don't make any impact but think about that a woman and this survey before i have anyone on pointing out that domestic abuse also affects men of course it does but a woman in this instance has a financial cost in the region of 113,475 euro over a 20 year span because somebody who lives in her home is violent and abusive. It's quite stark. To discuss it, I have Adele Hackett, who's the Communications and Advocacy Manager with Safe Ireland on the line. Adele, thanks very much for joining us today um, here on Ireland's Classic Hits. You know, we, ha- we have heard a, a lot and, you know, it's unfortunate that we have to talk about it at all. It's unfortunate that it's still such a huge issue in the year 2021. And as a result of a pandemic, I suppose at least, thank God, we are talking about it and we are seeing statistics. What do we have to do to try and combat the issue of domestic abuse? Well, I think, um, you know, you've given a really good introduction to the report that we're uh, publishing today. And it is the first Irish report to look at the enormous social and economic cost of domestic violence and coercive control. And quite rightly, as you say, it is cost to women survivors because Safe Ireland 
is the national organization working with 39 services around the country and we work predominantly with women. So this research was based on in-depth interviews with women only. Um, but what it really, you know, I think it's, we have to, you have to know the cost of something. You have to know, understand the issue. Um, you need to be able to shine light on an issue in order to be able to address it. Now, interestingly today, we also see that there's the launch of um, the audit on uh, the independent audit that was conducted on, on the responsibility within government for domestic sexual and gender-based violence. So we really welcome that as well, um, because we do feel that actually there is light is being shown on this issue. And you know, COVID, while it did not cause domestic violence, it did expose it. Um, but it's also, you know, really from a positive point of view, what it did was it made people focus on this issue like never before. We were all, you know, trapped in homes. We all had a sense of what it might be like to be in a home, um, you know, with lack of freedom and lack of control. Yeah, um, tensions, and so tensions, I think, for, for, yeah. for, for a lot of people that hadn't, hadn't existed before or you yeah. could get out and go to work and escape them. Uh, yeah. you, you, we, could, we all maybe developed possibly a new empathy for people who are Absolutely. trapped in these situations. Absolutely. And there was a huge outpouring of public empathy. There was also a you know, far greater understanding about the, uh, the stresses and the pressures of domestic violence. And, you know, what our report looks at today is the, is the economic cost. It, as you quite rightly pointed out, it's 113,000, just under 113,500 years over or 500 uh, euro over a time span of 20 years. That in itself was actually a really interesting finding. Now, again, it's not something that we're surprised at because of what we understand and know about coercive control, because it is um, coercive control really is a is what is at the heart of domestic abuse and domestic violence. And it is kind of a persistent, deliberate pattern of behaviour over a prolonged period of time. So, you know, while it, it, there may be some surprise that the abusive relationship stage is 15 years really uh, working in this area, that does not necessarily, be, unfortunately, come as a surprise. Um, now, I asked earlier in, in the programme, we were discussing alcohol and, and, and how easy or otherwise it is for people to reach out and to seek help and to realise even that they're in a position where they need help. If you're talking about a situation where the average length of time that somebody stays in an abusive relationship is 15 years, does that not tell us maybe that something's wrong somewhere, that people either don't know they're in an abusive situation or just don't know where to turn? I think it might be a combination of two. In fact, it is very often. Like, interestingly, a lot of women who come to services will often say that they did not recognise uh, domestic abuse because abuse doesn't have to be physical to be abuse. And, you know, prior to our understanding really of what domestic, of what coercive control is, perhaps too often we went to physical abuse. So, you know, at first very often women will say that the relationship, their relationship with a whirlwind of a romance, um, that they, their partner couldn't do enough for them, couldn't be nice enough. But they begin to kind of have little niggles to realise perhaps that they've been groomed and begin to become a little bit fearful. There may be, for example, one time where a partner, an abusive partner may lose his temper um, and then apologises. But that fear doesn't really go away. So there's a subtle 
undercurrent of control and fear all the time that is intent on instilling obedience in the in in the in the uh, in the victim or in the survivor of domestic violence um, like a controlling partner may um, you know may cut you out of cut you away from your friends and family you may not even notice that that's happening you know he may put you down in public he may tell you that perhaps you shouldn't wear what you're wearing perhaps you're a little bit too heavy for what you're wearing you know again there's subtle behaviors but collectively and over time um, they erode a person's self-esteem, they erode a person's confidence, and they are, and coercive control in itself is a crime and is domestic abuse. So I think it's a combination of people perhaps not recognising it, but also we, have been, we haven't been the best at addressing this at the country. And again, the audit t- released today mm. um, does very clearly... Uh, talk about the fragmentation and the lack of coordination amongst different government departments. Yeah, no joint of thinking and and, and lack of communication even between the likes of the Department of Justice and the likes of Tusla and the likes of the Gardaí and the likes of the NGOs uh, and and, and organisations like your own and Women's Aid. Yeah, exactly. And um, and that has hampered sort of meaningful progress on this issue. But I think identifying that means that it can now be addressed. So we would see the audit today um, as being a signal of fresh start and how Ireland can begin to address this enormous problem of, of domestic uh, sexual and gender-based violence. But we also need to know the cost. Now, interestingly, you mentioned uh, 2.7 uh, billion as the cost of the state. Actually, 2.7 billion a year is the cost to women as we have collected it, uh, as we have calculated it. Up to now, we have used um, a, a, an extrapolation of UK um, evidence or UK research, which shows that the cost of the state in Ireland is at least 2.2 billion. So our report today, combined with the extrapolation from the UK, um, gives us, you know, tells us the, about more about the enormous cost to survivors and to the state of this crime. So it makes sense to address it. Do we not take it seriously, though? Um, you know, is, is it something that what happens behind closed doors? And again, it has a correlation with the alcohol topic that we were having, you know, we were having the discussion we were having in the past hour of the show. Is what happens in people's homes and behind their own doors, do we just view it as their business? If you had a concern about your sister or your friend or your neighbour, maybe somebody you don't know very well, what can somebody from the outside who has a suspicion but maybe terrified to act on it in case they're wrong. What do they do? Well, I suppose um, the first thing to know really is that if you are, um, if you think that someone you know is trapped and afraid, or if you think that somebody, that, that you yourself may be in an abusive relationship, like you're not alone. Like our advice is always to contact the experts in your local community. As I said, Safe Ireland is, works with 39 different services across the country. Um, so our advice is always to contact your local domestic violence, uh, a, a, a frontline domestic uh, violence support service in your community. And you can find all of the numbers on the Safe Ireland website, safeireland.ie, or you can call the National Free Phone Helpline, which is run by Women's Aid. And Women's Aid is also a member of Safe Ireland. And the number for the National Free Phone Helpline is one 800 341 900. So we always advise that people get advice 
from the experts, whether you, you are somebody who thinks, you know, who, who thinks that you may be in an abusive relationship. And really, nobody has to live with coercive control and abuse. Nobody has to live with abuse in their home. Um, so the first thing to know is that you're not alone. And the second thing to know is that there is support available in your community. Really, we, you know, and one of the things that COVID has shown us is the, is the strength of a community response. And expertise is in every one of our communities, and we need to look to the community and strengthen that response at a community level so that women and men do know that there is support available. Adele, we also, though, during the pandemic, learned about, uh, you know, a large number of 999 calls that essentially weren't acted upon. So when people did reach out looking for help for their for themselves, their families, you know, their friends or neighbours, that, that they, they weren't answered. Now, I appreciate Drew Harris has, you know, said it shouldn't have happened and he's apologised yeah. and he's given reassurance that it won't happen again. But is there a hesitancy among people to reach out because they feel it's not being taken seriously or they won't be believed? Yeah, no, I do think, um, I mean, we we have, like, in fairness, Angarda Shiakana really responded to, to domestic violence uh, very, very well through uh, COVID with their Operation Fweeship. The uh, cancelled 999 domestic violence calls, um, we would really did uh, put a dent in the trust that was beginning to be built up between services and survivors and Angarda Shiakana. Um, we have spoken to the policing authority about this. It was recognised immediately. Uh, once it was recognised internally in the Garda, in Angarda Shiakana, we know that amends were, you know, there were, there were um, uh, um, policies put in place so that the, the calls were not cancelled to the same degree. Um, it was raised by the policing authority. But I suppose... Um, you know, it's very easy to kind of look at this as a, te- a technological issue uh, and a technological problem. But actually, we would feel that what it also exposed was perhaps remnants of um, of a, a minimising or misogynistic uh, culture within Angarda Shiakana. But that culture exists in all of our institutions. It, it, it exists across you know, across the country and across all the institutions that women and children rely on for support. So we actually need to stop that culture of thinking that this is just a domestic. Um, What happens behind closed doors and domestic abuse and coercive control is a crime. It is recognised in our our statutes um, and it needs to be treated as such. So we are making huge strides. Um, There have been huge developments but we do have a long way to go and where we really need to um, to change things is in our attitudes and in our culture um, and in the way in which we look at equality and in the way in which we regard women in particular. Because again, you know, one of the domestic violence is a gender based crime um, and that is because women are still within society subordinate. Um, so well, no, Adele. I mean that that's that's verging onto a whole other debate, yeah. which which we which we don't have time for yeah, right no, now. But enough. but but do you have faith? 
I mean, the way you've explained that, there's huge mountains to climb. Do you faith, like, for example, the Department of Justice saying there'll be more joined up thinking now after this uh, audit today? And I suppose the learnings that we take away from the pandemic and, and you know, the, the fact that more people are reaching out and that the law seems to be catching up a little bit, coercive control now, not just physical violence, but coercive control, as you said, is actually a crime. Do you have faith that this is a nut that can be cracked from a societal point of view? Yeah, no, honestly, you have to. You have to have faith because if you didn't, you wouldn't continue to do this work. Um, you, I mean, as I said, there have been huge strides made. Um, the order today, it names the problem. You have to name the problem. And in the, uh, the, the, the independent consultants um, were very clear in naming the, the fragmentation and the lack of coordination. Once that's named, it can then be addressed. And the idea with this audit is that it will feed in to a whole, a new national strategy for domestic sexual and gender-based violence. Um, and we, you know, we do know that in the last programme for government, this issue was prioritised, but it has to stay front and central to our social policy. Mm. It can't be allowed to drift away when COVID drifts away. You know, it was in the, pri- it, it was in the pri- it was a priority, but it needs yeah. to remain a priority because domestic violence is not going to go away. It can't be vaccinated away. No, clearly. I, I do think, though, you know, when it comes to things in the programme for government, it's all been kind of slightly watered down. Real people. Real opinions. Real talk radio. The multi-award-winning Niall Boylan Show. Classic hit.